Last I looked, I guess I am, and you are <laughs> Dr. Angel. Dr. Angel Falzoni, licensed mental health counselor and PhD, the expert around here on all things psychological. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are in our fifth. No, we've already completed five years, so we're in our sixth year. Yeah, is that possible? It does Six not year. feel that way, does and it? And I'm having mic stand trouble here, so forgive all the noise. Uh, it does not, no. Mm-mm. And we've had a lot of great shows through the years. We really encourage our listeners to go to our website, goyard2014.org. Why? And what are they going to find there besides a little information about how great you are? I don't know about all that, but they will find all of our shows titled and where they can find the show that relates to an issue that they might have going on in their life to help them get through absolutely and so you can listen to those and now we're on youtube every single uh, show like right now if you are listening on the air you can oh yeah she's waving okay (laughs) you can actually go to youtube slash tantalk radio slash live and pull up the show right now and see us in the studio. We almost match with our colors tonight. Yes. Look at that. Wasn't even I got color- the memo. I got the you memo. No, I didn't send one. So my, <laughs> does your shirt say Bex Hybrids? No, no. That's where my son used to work. So anyway, we're really glad to be here in this show. Um, this series is entitled How to Ditch the Fix. Yes. Would you explain to our audience what that means? This is part three tonight. If you missed one and two, you can catch them on podcast here at TantalkNetwork.com. Absolutely. We we defined a fix as a, a negative behavior, a negative thought process, a negative habit that we do to avoid emotional pain mm. or high levels of stress or mm. pressure or negative feelings overall in life. Emotional pain, a lot of stress, negative things that have mm-hmm. happened to us. And so we use some kind of a crutch. Right. We could also call a fix a crutch, right? Yes, we could. That's a great... Yeah. Okay. So a crutch is something we resort to when we're in pain. Yes. Right? So um, I don't have any crutches, but I know a lot of people in, in this world have some. You have broken feet repeatedly. Uh, so you probably have... Because I haven't learned to walk effectively <laughs> that's, yet. That's it. That's it. That's your area of weakness that... So you have crutches probably that are in your attic or somewhere, right? But, but, but so often a crutch is something that helps us get to where we need to go. We think this will help me, right? Yes. Well, and I think a fix can start as a crutch and then it kind of takes over. Mm. And becomes something that is an it's obsession. It's no longer helping us. It's hurting us. It's harming us. It's keep holding okay. us back. Can Good you imagine point. if your legs were healthy and you can walk just fine? If you're trying to use crutches you're not going to get where you're trying to go very well. Right. And uh, they, your muscles would eventually atrophy. So um, so a fix is something we do to take away some of the pain emotionally. Yes. Emotionally. Um, and uh, some people, that fix is drugs or alcohol or something to that effect, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because it helps them cope with whatever they're going through and and for other people it can be relationships how they think or see the world it can be having drama social media like it can be so many things so many things we've talked about a lot of those things fixes um they form through repetition correctly it's you got to be doing it doing it and doing it over and over again you go that's your go-to way to cope right yes and so that's how it becomes a habit because the more we repeat something the more that our brain doesn't need to think about it to do it Mm -hmm. so then we've kind of conditioned ourselves oops this negative feeling or oops this stress oh i need to do xyz Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, even people that work out 
more regularly than I do, uh, can get uh, an emotional high from that, can't they? The working out process. Sure. And it can become a fix. It can be, yes. yeah. I mean, you I've know, known people that have gone off the deep end I in their workouts. Too. Yeah. I have too. And, you know, so even things that can be good for us can become our fixes. Yeah, yeah it really can. Uh, so basically, we're using our fixes so that we don't have to deal with things. Is that it? Yeah, we kind of do it to... to for us to not have to deal with something or not have to feel the pain of something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of this in counseling through the years as a pastor where people uh, say in a marriage and one person constantly, one's trying to talk to them about this is going on, I need to talk to you, we need to talk this out, and they're like glued to the ball game or glued yes. to the you know, the video game or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, or they just go to bed and ignore you, right? Absolutely. Shut the door. That happens all the time. But, okay. So the fix there would be? Well, avoiding having a difficult conversation. Right. Okay. And so um, anyway, how do these, what's wrong with these fixes? What's oh. wrong with them? Ooh, well, first of all, they, they harm us. How? How do they harm us? What's wrong with having a fix in your life? When we aren't having to deal with life, when we have something that's kind of taking the pain away from life, then we aren't gaining skills that we need to solve our problems or to manage things in our life. So it holds us back. Right. You know, they keep us stuck. They keep us stuck at where we aren't growing at the pace we would had we not had this fix. Okay, so people that use, let's say, drugs and alcohol for this, um, they're having an emotional bad day. They're having a crisis at work. Uh, somebody's mad at home, whatever, and they start drinking early in the afternoon to try to cope with the stress of the kids getting off the bus right. and having homework to do and blah, blah. But but when they start doing that, then by 8 o'clock, they're pretty much... Right, and they're... Really you know, bad. And so and then bad they, news. <laughs> they, they are. They're in trouble. They're yeah. not really parenting their kids effectively. And then they start feeling the guilt from that, which causes that negative feeling. And I need mm-hmm. more of this fix. And so it really starts a vicious cycle, but it keeps them stuck because you know what? Pain is not always a bad thing. Feeling right. stress is not always a bad thing. They're warning signs for us that okay. A, maybe we need to change something or maybe we need to slow things down or maybe we, we have to deal with what's in front of us because it's right. not going away. Fixes do not take it away. They just cover it up, right? Right. It's just a cover And up. they give us bigger problems. Right. Because let's say it is drugs or alcohol and if that is your fix and you are continually going to that's your go-to solution for the whatever the stress of the day you're going to find that that becomes your emotional crutch or it sure it, does, and then right. it, and it causes all kinds of other problems sure does and then things like it can jeopardize your health your finances your relationships your careers right. like depending on what that fix is it can get in there and take away the good things that we have going on in our life and cause us more stress um our fixes waste our time and energy because they aren't that's, that's good that's, that's a, a good way big to put one it. and you know in time at least in my opinion time is our most valuable commodity right. we have right and and then energy because they're so limited and okay that's a good way to put it so go ahead no so when we have something that's taking a commodity that's valuable to us Mm -hmm. then we have less time to find resolutions or make changes or whatever we need to do or to to be present in the moment or be in the moment absolutely uh, let's yeah we use drugs and alcohol as an example but let's just use alcohol because in this society now it's the end thing to drink wine every night oh yes especially women i think i mean maybe guys are drinking beers i don't know and i'm not saying that that is a sin i'm not saying that i am saying that it can be this fix. It can be, it can be. wine. Can and, and I've known a lot of people through the years that come 7 or 8 o'clock at night, I'm not calling them. Oh, I, Because I'm not sure what time they started drinking, but by 7 or 8 o'clock, they're not making much sense on the phone. Right. And you're not, there's no logical conversation right. happening. So, right. But, you know, when and they start that, it's taking so much from them. Right. Because they aren't in the moment. They aren't living in the here and now. They aren't dealing with their life. They're not able to make their life better or do things for themselves because they're just stuck in 
and a lot of times the, these are let's say moms of kids that need their attention with homework and everything else and they're just leave me alone leave me alone you know because it becomes that anger absolutely it, it affects them when they, when they aren't getting their fix and so you know when we have those types of fixes in our life they don't just hurt us like alcohol like that hurts everybody that's in everybody our life in the house. like you can't call we, you can't call no, certain can't people call. which no. means that kind of hurts that relationship and sure. then it kind of makes it unfair because you know when you have relationship there's kind of this balance this give and take i'm there for you you're there for me you know we hear each other but when they're never available well or you know already that if you call that they're going to be slurring their words and repeating everything and they're not really engaged in the conversation right which takes away the trust you can't right. really trust on that person and, and it just it, it does it eats away at the quality of the relationships too yeah. which gives the person with the fix more stress because now they're kind of losing some of their quality relationships at least at with the level they used to be at and so they feel like they have to, you know, hide from it even more. And so it's it they become vicious cycles. Um, but they can cause lasting pain and suffering and things that we didn't even imagine. Yeah. And so fixes have triggers, right? Oh, yes, they do. Okay. So if you're shooting a gun, I know you do that. I do. Uh, if you're shooting a gun, you stay away from her, Tommy, because she's, yeah. yeah. And I'm a really good shot. She, just, she's just she's packing. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah scares me but um it, there's a trigger on the gun yes. or in yeah archery there's bow and arrow right and so there is something in that gun that if you do pull that there's going to be a consequence uh, something's happening right. something's happening right if you have a, if you have a bullet in there mm-hmm. as, assuming you do so when we have give, talk, give us examples of emotional personal triggers not okay. not not involving revolvers course or or uh, shotguns okay so some of the emotional common triggers can be fear okay uh, stress is always a big one um, anxiety which oh, yeah you know fear and anxiety go together uh, limiting beliefs when we feel like we are limiting we can't do something or we don't have the skill or we don't have the potential we're limiting ourselves oh, on a in belief. other words inadequacy we're yes. feeling inadequate inferior go. Limiting uh, beliefs is a fancy term for feeling inadequate and it insecure. Sure is. See, yeah, I, I okay, get the clinical, gotcha. and yeah, there we All go. Right, You're bringing it. it for the for the real. Uh, right. Loneliness is another oh, big yeah. trigger. You know, yeah. um, failure yeah. is another big trigger. So those are some really common triggers that people might have that would make them run to their fix. And these are common. I mean, you said common, and that's the truth, because you see this in a lot of people's lives, that when they are over-anxious, they go to the bottle, let's say, Mm -hmm. or they go to that bottle of pills Mm -hmm. and take a few, you know? Or when they're feeling lonely, they're feeling sorry for themselves, so they get drunk. Right. Right. And with loneliness may come also boredom, maybe another trigger. Um, Yeah. And those things are so, and these are things that we can feel several times in a day. Just think about like, as you go through your day, like you might feel fearful about this, or you might feel anxious about this, or, you know, but when you're not using your fixes you kind of work through it in the day and it resolves and it's done and sometimes it's not like this overwhelming it's just kind of part of the day right and you take it in stride and you change your your outlook or you adjust your mindset or you turn on some music or your day right and it just or keeps you call going somebody right. and get interested in them and that helps you get your mind off of you right exactly and right. so you gain coping skills to deal right. with these things right, right. But when you're using fixes, you're not. No. And so. No, because that's your go to thing. When you're having the, the stress or the problem or the fear or the loneliness, it's the bottle or it's whatever. Sure. And so, you know, you brought up the gun analogy. And I kind of, I'm going to go with that for just a second because um, when you shoot different guns, each gun's trigger has a different mm. point at which it releases the bullet. Yeah, I'm sure. So some guns are like really touchy. You just barely touch that trigger and it's going to fire. Some you can take it almost all the way back before it fires. So when I first started dating my husband, my ex-husband, years ago, he lived on a farm, and his dad said to me one day, come on out back. I want to see how good you can shoot this shotgun. And I said, I've never shot a shotgun. And he said, hey, you're going to today. So he set up all these little cans and bottles and all that stuff. And and I don't remember what kind of rifle it was. I think it was a 22, but I'm not really sure. But I said I'd never done it before. 
I had taken archery in college and loved that, but I'd never shot a gun like that. And he didn't, he neglected to tell me what would happen to me when I shot it. Yeah, the, the recoil. Yeah, so take that, run with that. Because sure. it knocked me off my feet. Right, because every time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't weigh much back then, so it wasn't hard to knock me off my feet. Right, so when once, you know, that trigger is hit, it, you know, the bullet goes out, but then it pushes back it, into yeah. you. And so, you know, that's kind of the consequences. He that, laughed and laughed and laughed. Oh, yeah. Try it again. And we, see if you can stand on your feet this time. And we can relate that <laughs> to the consequences of when we're triggered. Yes. You know, if we're using fixes, it's coming back at us. It's coming back. It's recoiling us. Oh, that did turn into a good it metaphor. It really did. And the I trigger had, analogy, going back to the triggers being at different levels, when we're using fixes, our triggers are getting more and more sensitive. Hmm. So it takes less and less and less to trigger us to our fix. Very po- good point. And so it's making us essentially weaker and weaker emotionally. So what that did that day besides absolutely cause a lot of laughs. for and it a, didn't feel good, I am sure. No, it hurt. And the landing, you know, landing in the dirt and all that stuff. And then getting up and doing it again and again and again and getting the same result. <laughs> it was really to the point. But, but it was a great story. And my ex-father-in-law loved telling it. So there was some benefit there. Okay. There's your benefit. <laughs> you got to be the object of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, but but it, go, it does go back to the, there is a kickback, right? Yes. There is a recoil. There, there is, is something that happens when we apply these triggers in our lives, and then we end up doing the fix, whatever the fix is, and we're suffering as yeah. a result. And we are suffering. The person who spends every evening drunk. Mm-hmm. And, and and falls asleep in their chair or, or stumbles into their bed at 1 a.m. because they're so drunk they can hardly walk. That is not an uncommon picture in this land. It is not at all. It is more common and than... And that's probably one reason we're doing this series. It is, because, you know, a lot of people are stuck in this these fixes. And, you know, and... I'll hear in the counseling room, if it's not drugs or alcohol, well, you know, a lot of times it might be video games for adults or... Binge watching some pornography, pornography on the internet, social media, and then when it's something like that, it's harder for them to even recognize that it's harmful yeah. to them because they can reason. Well, at least I'm not drinking or not doing drugs or I'm not, but it's still doing the same stuff underneath at the root. It's keeping us from growing and becoming the person we want to be. And that's the problem with fixes because they're covering up the real problem. They cover it up, but that you know. But they don't take it away. And that problem's coming back. We have to deal with those problems at one point or another in our life. We, we need to, or else it's going to damage us. Well, the biblical principle, what you sow, you reap, yes. right? So if you're sowing avoidance and not dealing with your issues, not getting help for things you can't tackle by yourself, if, you're, if, you're, if that's what you're sowing, you're going to reap from that. Yes, you will. And it's not going to be pretty. I agree. So what do we think? What do we regard? How do we think about our fixes? I mean, there are some myths, right? Tell, tell us about the myths. There are some myths that we yeah. believe about our fixes. Myth, um, M-Y-T-H, yes, myth. myths. And these are lies. Lies, basically. It's a great word for that. I hear these a lot in the counseling room. I'm sure you have too. Um, I can't live without or I can't cope without my fix, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lie. We can learn healthy ways to cope. Is it easy to change the way we cope? No, it takes that ugly four-letter word called work Mm -hmm. to do it. But we absolutely can do it. Um, My fix makes me feel better. You don't understand it. It makes me feel better. Said everyone who uses drugs and alcohol. And a lot of other things. And a lot of other things. And, and, you know, scientifically, a lot of times what our fixes are doing are just releasing certain brain chemicals Mm -hmm. that in the moment do make you feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But at the end, it it doesn't. Um, My fixes are not my fault. They're because what happened to me. Okay. Um, that's that's a big one I hear. Or they're because I'm in a bad marriage, or they're because I hate my job, or they're because my teenager is an addict, or... Exactly. It's always an excuse, right? Always an excuse. Or I'm going to change this fix tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow never comes. You know, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard, I'm going to do tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. I hear that so often. Um, yeah. 
that we will have to be someone else, you know, if we change our fixes. That's just who I am. I, I don't want to be, I have to be true to me. These are true to me. I love the one with with their, these myths where they say, you know what, my mom was like that. My dad, oh, yes. my grandmother was like that. My grandmother said that my, her mother was like that. And so it's just genetic. That's the way I am. I'm prone to this depression, let's say, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I am prone to anger. I fly off. I have rages. Well, everybody in my family does that. Like, well, that sounds a little like a happy family. And then that's <laughs> their justification that's, for uh, it. That's what I mean. It's They right. justify bad behavior. Yes, they do. And so that they don't want to change because they feel powerless, which is another myth. I am powerless over my fix. And if you feel like something's got your power, it does, and you need to take your power back. back. Because you're right, You your fix, when you're using them, does take our power, but we can take our power back take at any back. time we choose to take back our power. But that's the good news right there, right? Absolutely. We don't have to be powerless. And and one of my favorites is, I'm too old to change this fix, or I've been oh, doing it for too long. Yes, I'm too old. Yes, I'm... Yes, I can't change my habits now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you're breathing, you can change it. Absolutely. You got to want to. That's the whole thing. You do. You have to see a need. And I think that's one reason we're doing this series right now is to cause everybody to see, hey, wait a minute. Are there areas in your life where where you're resorting to a fix just so that you don't have to feel the pain or just so you don't have to deal with the reality of your your delinquent child or whatever the case may be, right? Absolutely, because we need to we need to deal with it in the moment so that we can have that life that we're not going to live go yard. We're not going to hit the home runs in life when we have a life full of using fixes. And with that said, before we go to break here in a minute, give everybody an idea of why we named this this show that. Sure. I mean... You know, go yard. It's the we've talked many times about it being the baseball term for hitting that home run. And you know, in life, you know, every time a, a batter gets up to bat, they're they're not. They want to hit a home run every time, but they they do not, not professional. They you know they may hit it three out of every ten times they're up to bat. They may hit it two out of every you know ten times they're up to bat. But the goal is always that home run, and it's wanting that best for ourselves and our life, and taking that perspective of every time I tackle a, a situation, a problem, a goal for myself. I I want it to be home run worthy. Yeah. And so. But there are so many people in our audience, probably, Dr. Angel, who don't think that they can ever be like that. You know, limiting beliefs. Hitting that. Oh, that's back to limiting beliefs. (laughs) Yes. Hitting those home runs and, and really coming out of a habit or a problem or a mindset if you will that is bringing you down there's a lot of people that don't think they can ever they can ever tackle that so they just give into it because that's the way i am correct so they've accepted defeat before they've ever even tried and and you're right that's why a lot of people are living with depression and anxiety because they are giving away their power constantly absolutely uh let's go to break and we're going to come back and talk about steps to ditch the fix for real how about that don't go anywhere Snow glows white on the mountain tonight Not a footprint to be seen A kingdom of isolation And it looks like I'm the queen The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I tried Don't let them Don't let them see Be the good girl you always have to be Conceal, don't feel Don't let them know Well, now they know Let it go, let it go Can't hold it back anymore Let it go, let it go
entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tantalk Radio Network. song always reminds me of my six-year-old twins a and b Aww. yeah because they love that and like to sing it there you go i can just see him <laughs> see him singing that oh let's talk about ditching the fix dr angel before we do we want to remind our listeners that you can go listen to our old shows two ways one is to go to our website goyard2014.org and that's the year we began five and a half years ago Goyard2014.org, go there and you'll see, you can click on radio broadcasts and then a whole lot of them will come up. And those have titles. Occasionally there's some without titles and that was one reason or another. Um, And actually next week we're going to be doing a rerun from 2018 uh, because it's Thanksgiving night. So uh, we are going to be doing one about uh, developing generosity in our lives. And it was such a good show a couple really of years ago. It was a good show. So we're going to be redoing that next, next week. Um, and uh, that's, that's always cool that we can do that. The other way to get shows is go right here to TantalkNetwork.com and go to podcasts. And look down. It'll open up. You have to hit this little blue internet link. And when you do, it opens up all the names of all the shows here on Tantalk Radio. And there's tons of them. Go down to the name of this show, Go Yard. Or if you're trying to access our Sunday show, which we have every Sunday live here, 3 to 5, that show is Living the Good Life. So you go down there, and it will open up all those podcasts. And you can just listen right there, TantalkNetwork.com. Now, on YouTube, for some reason, Tommy... It's YouTube slash Tan Talk Radio slash Go Yard or Living a Good Life. So it's radio on YouTube. It's network on the here at the uh, station. So kind of complex. But there you have it. Write it all down. You got it. We're going to talk how to ditch these fixes. We've kind of developed over the last two weeks, two and a half weeks now, um, I think a good understanding of what a fix is and why we do it and why it's important to deal with it absolutely i think we have to so now let's talk about how do you get rid of them how do you ditch the fix i know right yeah well the first step is you have to recognize your fix and you have to recognize not only that you have it but that it's hurting you and you have to want to get rid of it. Okay, so let's say, let's take the example I've used here on this show tonight. Other shows we've used, video games and whatever. But tonight, let's talk about the person who starts drinking mid-afternoon. And that's how they're dealing with life. Or they're dealing with a bad marriage that way. Or they're dealing with who knows what. Um, They've got to understand that it is robbing you of some things. Right. Right, and they have to see that it's. But it's what if they don't me. see that, Doctor Angel? Then That's... they're not going to have the motivation to ditch it. Okay, but there's an awful lot of people that don't recognize it. There is a lot of people who do not. But here's the thing: we can't make that decision because other people are putting pressure on us to do it, and that's what usually happens. You know, especially when you're talking about alcohol or or drugs, that the family's feeling the hurt and they yeah. want this person to, to intervention ditch it. time intervention. But if the person doesn't see it and want it for himself or herself, they aren't going to be motivated to change it because Mm -hmm. it it takes effort to change it. So the motivation has to be personal. Okay. So that's huge. So what do you say to the listener who goes, well, I don't, yeah, I think I have some of those fixes, but I don't want to deal with them. What do you say to them? Well, I, I say to them that I hope that you can come to the realization that it is hurting you and to find that you can take your power back over it. Yeah. But when people aren't ready, there isn't anything you can do to make them ready. We can talk about how their fix affects us, 
how it hurts us. That's what they do in interventions, it is. right? And that's why some interventions can be very successful because when someone's hearing my behavior and watching emotion, how it's hurting people they love, then it does become personal because I don't want to hurt the people I love, so I do want to fix this. What do statistics show? Is that rare that that changes somebody's drinking problem or their druggy problem or whatever, how it affects others? You know, I, I don't know the statistics offhand, and I know for some people... Oh, you're supposed to have that right I do down not pat. Have that. Yeah, yeah. For some people, if it becomes personal, it can be a motivation for mm-hmm. them. But sometimes they do it because they feel the social pressure okay. to just go change it. They're not, gonna, they're not going to. They're not going to be successful in the long term. They might go into rehab. They might, you know... And then they fail. And then that's when we okay. have the shame of the failure because right. they really didn't want to change it. They felt socially pressured to change it. So then they either hide it better or they have yeah, shame from right. the failure. They stay away from people so they don't know. Right. They start manipulating and lying, you mm-hmm. know, um, when they needed to feel like that need or that urge for their fix. Or they replace it with a different fix. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some of the ways when people aren't ready um, could we also define a fix as something that you feel um, driven to do, an obsession? Yeah, well, sure. They can take a lot of time in our thoughts because right? you might be thinking about that fix constantly. Right. And so as a result of that, then you can't see why you'd want to give it up because it's meeting this need or that need or sure. making you happy or whatever. Sure. And a lot of times our fixes might be meeting multiple needs inside of us, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Uh, so it's not ditching the fix is not just about getting rid of that negative behavior, is it? No, it that's is part of it, you know, and that's where a lot of people go wrong because they think it's just about removing this negative fix in our life or whatever that thing is that's out of balance that we're using as a fix. But it's just as replacing that negative behavior with positive coping skills, right? Because here's what happens remember, we have triggers, we've taught ourselves trigger for fear or anxiety. Oh, I need this fix, so let me take that fix out now. I'm triggered. What's going to happen? I have nothing. How do I handle it? Life is still going to be triggering and it's still going to have those things. So if we don't start learning mm-hmm. how to cope positively, we are going to, where are we so going to do? So the person who says, okay, I want to give up smoking. So I am going to, instead, when I feel the urge to smoke, I'm going to go eat a candy bar. Okay. <laughs> You're replacing fixes. <laughs> right. Is that just replacing the fix? That's I mean, replacing and the fix. Then that becomes the go-to thing, right? Yes. And then when they go in their closet and they can't start wearing their clothes. Right. Then they realize, oh, okay, that I got to go back to smoking. But, you know, our, you know, just getting rid of a habit, it leaves that hole in us. And so if we don't learn to replace that hole, then we revert back to the behavior that yeah, we, do we do know. Right. Because that's what we've trained ourselves to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just take something away. You have to put something in its place. And so instead of smoking, maybe we learn to listen to music that feels calming to us. Or maybe we go for a walk. Or maybe we do breathing. Like, those are positive coping skills to get us through when we're triggered. Do you think that most people actually consciously come to a point in their life where they go, okay, this has been my fix I'm going to have to replace it with something else. Do they really do that? Well, I know we're having this show, these shows on this. How many people do that? When they come to a point in their life, do they have to be just plain fed up with whatever the fix is? Before they're willing to, to yeah, work that's, through it? Yeah, that's my point. How, how willing are well, people? Well, they, they talk about rock bottom and a lot of fixes. Well, we t- yeah, we talk about that with drug addiction, sure. right, a lot, and alcoholism, that they got to get to the rock bottom. What is that? Well, and everybody I, I'm has, asking you, doctor. I know you are asking me. <laughs> and I think everyone kind of has a different motivation. For some people, like I know some people, they had a fix of food. And, you know, they use food for their, their emotions and stuff. And then they go to the doctor and then they find out, you know, they have diabetes and hypertension. And they might not live another three years unless they change. Like that That's message, a motivation. Motivated. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I want to live. So they learn to do it different. Now, they... Yeah, you have to learn to still eat. You know, it's hard when you have to keep your fix, you but to, you have to have a healthier yeah. relationship with it. But so some people have different types of motivation that okay. 
triggers that. For some people, it might be knowing I'm hurting somebody I love. For some people, it might just be knowing that this is holding me back from my dreams and that I want to get rid of it. And, you know, so everyone and some people, they don't seem to care. Hmm. You know, so I feel like there's a lot of different levels of what. So basically what I hear you saying is in order to ditch the fix, there's got to become more self-awareness. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. Of why you're doing this. Or let's say you don't have any idea why you drink every evening. Right. You know, let's say. How do you discover that? Well, and that's... Let's just use that as an example. That's where self-awareness starts coming in because then, you know, one of the things I'll start doing, especially when people aren't sure if, like, this is becoming a problem in their life. And, you know, a lot of times people can, oh, I just drink socially or whatever. So let's log. When are you and how much are you? Oh, there you go. That's a good therapeutic technique. Is there patterns to this? Is there something happening right before? So we start becoming self-aware by logging the behavior, right. how many times a day or how many times a week or how much or what times in the day, because there can be all kinds of things associated with it. So we kind of start taking those, we call them antidotal notes about... Antidotal notes? Yeah, which is just basically logging and journaling what's going on with your fix. When are you using it? How many times a day are you using it? Is there Good something idea. specific going on right before you feel the need or urge to use it? So you it? could write down, okay, I was feeling this much stress, and so... Right, we can write... I have people who rate their stress by every day of the week or every... Sometimes we break it up into parts of the day really? for them to rate their stress. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yes. And those can be really helpful, but that's part of that self-awareness. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people are... They do not walk into the counseling office and go, oh, Dr. Angel, I have a fix. You know, I'm on social media too much, and I do it because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to avoid my fear. And my, like, they don't have... No, they don't have that they awareness. Don't have that. No, no. no. They don't know why. They just know, I'm doing this because it makes me feel better. Let's talk about social media. Okay. Because I think that is a fix for a lot of people these days. Yes, it does. Don't you think? And because it's an alt, it's an alternative reality in a way. It is an alternative Pe- reality, and and that yes, peeking into other people's lives and seeing what they're doing. Right. I mean, you know, like oh, they got a new job, or or they just had a new baby, or whatever the case may be. And a lot of times, comparison happens. We've talked about this a lot on the show, that. but it can be a real problem. For people. Right. That viewing, have, feeling like you have intimate knowledge about all these other people is one of the things that motivates people. Also, getting all this attention, I post something and, oh, I get, you know, 75 likes. Like, that feeds that I have value or I have worth or mm-hmm. I'm important. And so a lot of times, and social media can just be an avoidance thing. You know, if I'm on social media, then I don't have to do that laundry or cook that meal. And I'll see a lot of parents I can't tell you the number of times that they're just, I go out to dinner and we, we, you go out to eat, right? How many people just sit and scroll on their phone? Drives me crazy um, to see uh, people, say, two kids and two parents and everybody's sitting at the table with their and, phone. Right, and that's all they're doing. They're all and just... And they're not talking. Right. Drives me crazy. It really does. I I mean, it's it's a pet peeve of mine to look, turn, look around and see that. Or, and I see this sometimes in community, too, look out in the community, seeing people sitting at dinner, but they don't talk. Yes. They just sit they there. They just sit there. And I got to wonder about that, too. I mean. What's going on behind the scenes, right? What's really going on? Why aren't we communicating with each other? Because, you know, people are support. And relationships are important, and we should be – that's a coping skill to help us get through difficulties, but we're kind of taking away that positive. Well, I mean, and I've seen this in different extended family members, though, that would not talk much in a restaurant because they would always fight. Yeah. So the best thing to do was to shut up and eat their meal and leave. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen that. I've Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and But, again – I think what, what we're trying to say is we got to become more self-aware if we are going to deal with fixes in our lives, mm-hmm. or we're going to just keep on, and those fixes will deepen, they will harden, they will grow, they will become more of a, of a habit that can't that's hard to break. Right. The longer we do something, the more it becomes more entrenched. It takes right? for us to, to stop right. doing it. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think a lot of times for people that the social media especially has just become an avoidance thing. They're oh, I avoiding think so too. responsibility, bottom line. Right. 
I can just sit here and watch everybody else and comment and and sometimes people rec- comment back to you, you know, and so you can have that limited amount of conversation. Yes, you can feel connected without really being, being connected. connected. And so they do it to avoid whatever else is going on in their world. And part of it, I think, is to show off. <laughs> I think attention-seeking Attention-seeking be behavior yes. a lot of times. Right. But you're right. It's self-awareness. And, you know, one thing is your phones, you can track on your phones how much time you spend, Mm -hmm. you know, surfing the internet or this or that. Like, people would be shocked when they start seeing the time that they put into that. Right. You know, and then they tell me they're too busy for X, Y, you know, to do their five-minute homework assignment or to, you know, go do something with their kids. Oh, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. But you've spent how many hours this week scrolling social media or the internet or i think this is cool because we've we've talked about several fixes that are common Mm -hmm. in the last couple weeks video games alcohol Mm -hmm. drugs Mm -hmm. um avoidance of some kind so whatever it might be social media it might be pornography on a computer whatever it is there's this stuff is out there people are doing that kind Mm -hmm. of thing right and and so this show our 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 purpose behind this series is to cause people to take a look at their own life, don't you think? Mm-hmm. And just say, hmm, where could I become more productive in my life? Get a habit. Get, get a hobby, I mean. Get a hobby, not a habit. <laughs> but get a hobby that's a habit is fine, too. Or make a habit a hobby. But, and, but remembering, <laughs> you know, balance is still really balance, important. Absolutely. You I have said to, to keep somebody, that balance. Yesterday I said uh, this person was saying how lonely they were and how bored they were. Thought about taking up some kind of a hobby, you know? What's wrong with that? Exactly. Or change your surroundings, take a drive, or call a friend, and right. And there's lots of things we can do, but you know, sometimes we just we don't want to. We're not looking for the solution. And, and this whole thing of needing to become more self-aware, a lot of times is hampered by people's need to feel sorry for themselves. Yes. Do you want to talk to that? I agree with you on that. I think there is a lot of people out there that when they feel sorry for themselves, it gives them an excuse to not to stay the same, to not have to do anything. So mm-hmm. when their life isn't as good as it could be or the people that they're well, it's because this or because of that. And it mm-hmm. gives them, we talked about, a crutch. A crutch, yeah. To not do what they can do for themselves. Right, exactly. So if they can just stay in that same rut, what are the advantages? Let's just go over that before we go on to this. What are the advantages of people, audience members, saying, you know what, mm, I don't think my fixes are that bad. I'm just going to stay right where I'm at. What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is is you're not going to live that fulfilled life that you that you want that you're craving. People want to live a good quality life. You know, I don't get people walking and into the counseling room going, "Well, on my deathbed, I just want to have a life full of regrets and all these people that you know I never did anything." They don't want that. Well, I want to speak to that because having been a pastor now forty some years, been with a whole lot of people that are dying or almost dying, and it's amazing how what people start thinking about when they know they only have six months to live or two months to live or whatever the case may be and how a lot of times they're going back over their life and wish I would have done this yes. wish I would have done that why did I do that why did I marry that person I knew I knew better on and on right mm-hmm. I mean this is common what happens when people are approaching um, an awareness that they may not be around much longer right yeah. Or a lot of times on milestone birthdays, they do that Milestone too. birthdays, mm-hmm. too. So I remember, yeah, I remember my 40th very well. Hmm. Anyway, that's another story. It's just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a story for another time. But anyway, we can get ourselves into such a rut in life that when something jolts us, like, not going to live much longer. Right. Or we have a friend that drops over dead. This happened to my sister and I this week, one of our friends that we'd known for a long time. Uh, he used to be the receptionist at the place where my sister worked and known her for a long time. My sister and I have been to her house for lunch. She just, 68 years old, just went home to fix a sandwich and would go back to the hospital, visit her husband, and had an aneurysm and died. I mean, no warning, nothing wow. wrong with her. 
she's gone. It's like that. And when you hear those stories, at least it does for me, it makes me become, it kind of jolts me into more self-awareness. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Life is short. It goes by very, very quickly. Right. What do we do with it? That's what we're trying to say with this Exactly. When you were asking me what motivates, what's people's rock bottoms, those types of things can really impact people. And then some people seem to not be impacted by that kind of stuff. And, you know, so... But for the person that feels that jolt, like that's that's a good warning sign. Like there's a jolt. Is there something I could or should be doing? I remember the day that Princess Diana died. Do you I remember, remember that, that day that very day? vividly? I think a lot of us will always remember that day. I actually remember the day that President Kennedy was killed. You were not born, I'm sure. But I remember that day. And um, those kinds of milestones in your life. But uh, Princess Diana, that was that affected our nation, I think, so harshly. Don't mm-hmm. you think? I mean, it was, it was. I mean, the grieving, the sadness. One minute, she, this beautiful, amazing person is having a great time. Life is good, and bam, the next day she's gone. Right, just At gone. At such a young age, so an ex- right. Terrible circumstances. Happened recently to me with a client. Listed their home just a few, two months ago, three months ago. And first time I'd met the husband and the wife and, uh, like, four, five, six weeks later, he's gone, just died. You know, it's just like, whoa. Whoa. It's when you see when these things happen, I think it helps us realize that life is valuable. I guess that's where I'm steering this conversation right yeah, now. You are. As we're kind of wrapping up here in a minute, is the necessity to live life fully. Yes, to the with, fullest. To, with, and you talk about it a lot with boldness. What, what do you say? Boldly live with purpose and passion. Boldly live with purpose and passion. Because when we have purpose, then we don't want to slip into a life of bad habits, fixes. But when life has no purpose for a lot of people and they don't see the bigger picture or they don't recognize God and this necessity for God in their lives. And I know this is not a spiritual show, but it, that's such an important part of my life and your life. Uh, when people... When they just live for the moment, that's what I'm trying to say. You want to talk about that instead of me sit here and pontificate? (laughs) Well, I like that word. When they're just thinking about the here and the now, when they're just thinking about this very moment, then they're hurting themselves because they aren't able to really realize their purpose. They're not living that fulfilled life. They're not, and they feel that they're not. So that brings that pain and that, yeah. like... and they know. There's a lot of times they know something's missing, but they're not yes. sure what that is, right? Exactly. And they feel sad about it, or they have, you know, they have feelings regarding that. I can't tell you the number of people that I've talked to over the years that are just like, oh, my gosh, you know, my life really hasn't had much meaning, or I haven't really done much, or I wanted all, I had all these dreams in high school, and nothing. I didn't do any of it, or... You know, and they feel that. Do you hear that much in the counseling room? I do hear that a yeah. lot. Yeah, and that people are like in a rut or dissatisfied with. And, it. and I hear that from people in their thirties and their forties. Like, and we're not, you know, we're talking. We hear that from people in all kinds of stages of life. And you know, and I'm always preaching: if you have breath, you can change it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we can't go back and make up what we haven't done or what we've lost because of fixes. Mm-hmm. But we can start today and make a new tomorrow. And that's why we're doing the series, how to ditch the fix, how to actually change that those habit patterns that are so destructive and um, that are not getting you anywhere. Exactly. And right. that they're, they're holding you back from getting to where you're trying to go, and they're keeping you from right. that life that you want and desire to live on the inside. You're just not getting there yet. So we've got just a couple minutes. Talk to our audience, Dr. Angel, about uh, boldly living with purpose and passion. What does that mean? Oh, it's funny because 
Um, that phrase came to me in the shower, believe it or not, a long time ago when my life was not, I was not boldly living. I was not in a situation I wanted to be in. I felt like I, I knew I, I knew what my purpose was. I was not living in my purpose. And so that was it. That's what I knew I wanted more than anything was to be able to boldly live with right. purpose and passion to go out there and do it if no one else is doing it no matter what anybody else thinks around me boldly live means doing what i know i am called my purpose is to do for what i knew in that moment which isn't the same purpose all the way the same that i have today my purpose has kind of changed as i have changed and grown but at that point in my life i knew i wasn't living it and i wanted and desired it and so it was Stop listening to the voices around me and Mm -hmm. boldly Boldly. take those steps. It might be risks. It's going to be work. It's going to be change. But boldly live your life with purpose. So you're doing it intentionally. I like that word, too, intentionality, you know, and you're setting out for a goal. I remember entering college as a right out of high school, you know, and I had a goal and a purpose and whatever. And I and some people start college and they just quit or they didn't like what they were doing. They get sidetracked. I make more money over here or whatever. But I can remember that feeling walking the campus of Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, clear back then, so long ago, and going to those classes, chemistry, biology, all this stuff, everything with a goal in mind. I'm doing this, not because I like some of those classes, some of them were horrible, <laughs> but because they were a part of my plan. Right? Yeah. But so many people don't have a plan. And we're going to start there two weeks from tonight with boldly plan, boldly purpose. And because that's the only way you're going to come out, I think. you got you got to change the, the, the narrative in your head. Yes. Uh, wrap it up, will you, Doctor? we got about one minute for you to do that. And next week we will have the show on generosity. And that don't miss that show. That's a rerun, but don't miss it. And then two yes, weeks from tonight we'll be back live. But go ahead. Yeah, you know, I think we've covered a lot of ground tonight, but the bottom line is is if you are utilizing fixes in your life, it's time to start getting self-aware about it. It's time yeah. to start seeing how it's holding you back. So think about what do I want out of my life? What do I want people to know me for, remember me for? What do I want people around me to think of, you know, what is important to me? Yes. And what am I doing that I wish I wasn't? Right. And what can I do about it? That's what yes. we're. That's why this. Hey, invite a friend to listen to Go Yard, and we hope you'll join us again next week right here on this station. And don't forget to go to podcasts right here at TantalkNetwork.com. Go to podcasts and go to Go Yard to catch up on the shows you missed. Go to YouTube slash Tantalk Radio slash Go Yard, and you'll see a whole bunch of dates there, and you can listen to shows. So, this has been Who Are You Anyway that I've been sitting here talking to? Dr. Angel. Oh, yeah, and I'm Mama Mac, and that's Tommy the Engineer, who's so cute. Wish you could see him, and we love him. And thank you, Tommy. You're always amazing. And so we'll see you all next week for Go Yard. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.